Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sara Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. Welcome back to the show. And today, my guest is Nana Aquir. Nana is a journalist and TV presenter. She has a column in the Daily Mail and her own TV show on GB News. Nana was born in Newcastle, UK, and has worked hard to achieve her success. She is also a single mum to two gorgeous kids, and her no holds barred views make for an empowering and entertaining episode. So I am super excited to welcome Nana Aquid to the show. Welcome, Nana. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you for asking me. Thank you for oh, asking well, us. you've been top of my list invite because when I come on your show on GB News, we always have such interesting discussions. And I know you've got some fantastic opinions about dating and relationships and being single so I can't wait for you to share those with my audience. I know they're going to resonate strongly. But before we get stuck into that, do tell us all a little bit about your story. You've obviously achieved so much in your life. Tell us how it all began and how you got to where you are. It all began in your castle upon Tyne over 51 years ago. Wow. <laughs> you know, well, my, my parents um, came to this country from Ghana, but they didn't come on some sort of boat or some sort of dinghy like that. They actually came through the safe and legal means that you're meant to come through and they applied uh, to sort of better their lives. So they actually applied for visas to work and so on and so forth. And, um, you know, I kind of grew up in Newcastle for a little bit of my life. And then when I was about five or six, we moved to Essex. And um, <laughs> it was interesting because in Newcastle, there were only, I, I swear there were only five black people there. And that was wow. my family. And then this other black guy who had sort of, my dad had befriended. <laughs> <laughs> but when we, we we moved to Essex and I kind of I grew up in Chelmsford I went to school in Chelmsford and at the age of about 11 uh, my dad um, his company he worked for NatWest Markets and they decided to move him um, to America and I can distinctly remember my dad when I was quite naughty my dad would say Nana if you don't behave I'll send you to the convent school run by nuns which was where I would go we'd go for church and I was like no no and of course he then moved to America and I went to the convent boarding school run by nuns, which actually was really, really good. Now, we moved to um, New Jersey because my dad worked in Wall Street and I went to that school for quite many years um, until I was about 17. And we moved back to the UK and uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting. I'm one of four. Yeah. So I'm the second one and I've got an elder brother um, who's no longer with us, a younger brother and a younger sister. So that's. That's my family in a nutshell. And my mum and dad ate each other. My mum divorced him at the age of 71, saying, that bastard. <laughs> I feel like a teenager now. That's what she told me. <laughs> wow. Wow. And I could have That's... told her to leave him a lot earlier than that. Look, bless him, he's my dad, but he wasn't the most faithful. Um, you know, so when you see that as a child, you think, mm, if it were me, I would have gone a long time ago and we all advised her to go, but she stuck it out, which uh, I think she may regret. I don't know. Do you think that shaped your opinion of getting married now? Uh, not, not particularly. 
because I sort of had an idea of what I thought about marriage at the start. Like it's a wonderful romantic illusion, fantasy, sort of rose tinted spectacle that uh, <laughs> I'm not bitter. <laughs> but, once, <laughs> but once you're in it, it's, you know, I, I, I love it when I see married couples because the ones that really love each other and aren't sort of trying to sort of show off like the ones that go, hubby dearest and wifey and all that. And I, I, I just... I know the reality. The reality is that when two people get together, uh, there's a lot of hate. There's a lot of love. There's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of resentment, all those things. And it is very, very difficult to balance all that off. And I think what actually solidified my notion of relationships was probably more going to a boarding school and living with lots of people, living with all girls, but living with lots of people and understanding the sort of, sacrifices in a sense you have to be able to make the way you are going to have to accommodate somebody else and that is nice and there are rewards in the long run but if you get that wrong it just destroys your life so you know I'd rather for me personally I'm quite happy being single because I I I think the alternative of being stuck or lonely whilst you're with someone I think is even worse. Yeah it's really interesting actually I know that's going to resonate with a lot of people who have come out of really difficult relationships and go, yes, I hated him. I really hated yeah. her. I absolutely get that. I um, want to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Oil on the steps. <laughs> that's evil. <laughs> but I guess that isn't just marriage, though, is it? I guess that's any kind of relationship, surely. Well, yeah, that is any kind of relationship. But you imagine if you've got a financial tie with them as well. And then you are you realise that you might be penniless if you go without them or it would be difficult to extract yourself from the situation. And I suppose for me, I, I looked at it as a contract. Um, and a lot of the time, I mean, I have had some very, very like my I had one really wealthy boyfriend. And even to this day, I think to myself, why didn't I have a child with him? What was I thinking? Even if I'd left him, I'd still be loaded. But I didn't <laughs> do that because I'm sensible. And also I didn't like him. He was selfish. And uh, there's no point being with somebody who's wealthy and selfish. And then a lot of the other relationships, I had way more money than them. There was one point where I had five houses and this is all my own self-built hard work that did it. I'm thinking, well, if I divorce this person, they're going to want half of what I have. And why should I share it? So I kind of, I suppose in some respects, some people might say became the man, but I would say became a strong woman who looked at that thing as a contract and thought, mm, I've seen where they're so lovely at the beginning, but when it all goes wrong, um, I, I'm just not prepared to split up all my assets to give to somebody who doesn't deserve it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people would benefit by looking at marriage before they get into it as a business mm. contract, because having a prenup these days, I think it's quite essential if you have something you need to protect, because otherwise you are looking at, like you say, giving away 50%. And that yeah. is, you know, is, it can put you off getting into a relationship. Absolutely. So I know you've been super successful in your life. Tell us a little bit. Have you always wanted to be on television, have your own show? Because obviously that's what you're doing now and you're doing amazing at it. Is that I, something you always had? I've always wanted to do that. At the age of six or seven, I can remember. So in fact, younger than that, I could remember sitting in front of the TV before Sesame Street was on. So that was really early in the morning. And I, it was switched off. I used to look at myself in the reflection and pretend that I was on it. Oh, I love that. I used to do that. And I used to talk and sometimes I'd do the news. Sometimes I'd do. And I could just remember that. And it, it's weird that I was working at Capital Radio in sponsorship and I had decided that I wanted to leave. I had enough of it. I mean, my bosses, you know, I just had enough and I was doing really well, but I just it wasn't for me. 
Um, and I remember the, the catalyst was I switched off my computer, saw myself in the reflection, and that whole memory came back to me. I thought, I'm going to get on TV. That's it. I'm done. And I, I left that job without a job to go to. I told my boss, he said to me, why are you leaving? I said, because I don't want to turn into a spinster who has all her deals nicked by blokes living with a load of cats. I remember telling him that. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a hard industry for women? Because you know, you've done so well. And, and we see on your channel now, GB News, there are women having their own shows. But is it a hard industry to break through? I can imagine it is. Well, you know what? Yeah, it is, of course. And, you know, I I don't say, like, it was not my colour that helped me, you know. or may, They may have been some advantages. There may have been some disadvantages. But I didn't go to it thinking, oh, I'm a black woman, so it's going to be hard. Or I just went into it thinking, I'm going to get what I want and I'm going to be resilient and I'm not going to stop until I get it. I just, and if someone says no, I ask why. I mean, I started out in sales so my first job out of university was at KISS 100 and I was a graduate trainee sponsorship executive. I start, I'd studied a business degree and I was quite good at business, even though when I was at my boarding school, they told me never do business. But anyway, so I was a graduate trainee and I'd learned how to sell sponsorship and sell and be good at selling. And there was what, something called the yes staircase. Or uh, And if somebody says no, you say why? And then they tell you why. And you say, well, if I do that, then. They say, well, yeah, then you say, if they say no, then you say why? You keep going up that staircase until you get to the top and and you get that deal. And to me, it, it is like a, a, you just have to be so resilient. You just have to keep going. If somebody says no, I go, okay, why? Then they'll tell I me why, and I'll think, okay, well, what if I do that and that, then can I do it? They go, well, no, because that's why I say, okay, then, then, then can I do it? And then I do the things that they said that I they, they objected to, which was the reason why they wouldn't give it to me. Then by the end of it, I said, well, I've done everything you said. And so can I have it? And in the end, they go, all right, then. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I do. I, I'm persistent. And I think you only lose when you give up. Oh, I love that. You only lose when you give up. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think your your drive and determination shines through. And you've always got such high energy. You're always smiling. You're always like you know, full of full of energy. On TV, there must be days, right? And I look at you sometimes when I'm, I'm at home, I'm watching you, or not, not necessarily when I'm in there with you sometimes, I've been lucky enough to be on with you. But I look at you and I think, she's always smiling. Surely if you're having a bad day, that must be pretty tough to pull out, pull out of the bag. How do you manage that when you go on camera and you're, you're finding it tough? How do you keep that energy? Well, because I absolutely love what I do. So if I'm having a bad day and then I start work, I start to enjoy the day again. But to be fair, I'm very grateful. So I don't really go in there thinking I have a bad day. I think to myself how fortunate I am. I don't spend my time looking at other things I haven't got and what I could have had and this could have been me. I think to myself, I'm really bloody lucky. You know, I've got all my limbs I can speak. I, you know, I have a voice. I've got a great job, a lovely platform to be on, to express my views and to bring in other opinions and to be tolerant with other people. Um, I'm, I'm not paid badly either. And I get lots of opportunities to do things. So I think I'd be pretty selfish and stupid if I wasn't able to at least appreciate what I have. So I do that. But I know that there are times when you are in a bad way, like if you've broken up from someone and you're in that terrible moment where you, you know, the ugly crying that you call it. <laughs> Although I can't say I've ever done that because you know what? I think it was one time this guy who I didn't really like, he had bad teeth. He was a good looking bloke, but then he smiled. And I was like, Oh my God, your teeth, they ruined it. And, it, and some of them were like, 
like quite sharp. And I remember, I remember thinking, Ooh. I'm not having that coming towards me. <laughs> I'll be mangled. <laughs> so I thought, no. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, but no, he had such bad teeth, but he was he was he was a nice guy. And I decided I, I finished with him. I, you know, we went out for a couple of months, but you know, I couldn't I couldn't take the teeth. And I said to him, Well, you know, it's over. And he dropped to his feet, dropped to his knees, then he clung on to my leg. <laughs> I started no. pulling him away, going, Oh my god. I thought to myself, remind me never, ever, ever to do anything that resembles anything like that, ever. Because the way I looked on him when he did that was like, oh, my God, how awful. Get off me. What do you think you're doing? So I, I didn't have any sympathy for that. So I realized that actually, actually, it's just not worth it. If somebody doesn't want you, then I, I don't want them. It's a very simple equation. To me, I'm like, well, I don't want somebody that doesn't want me. So I get annoyed when people don't aren't straight with me. If I'm with someone and then they play a silly merry dance, I'm like, if you don't be, just goddamn sake, say it. This isn't an ego trip towards your big old ego to be sure that if you tell me that you're not interested or you fancy someone else, I'm out of the door. That's even if I've been with somebody for many years, they said to me, like one of my exes told me, I don't love you anymore. I don't think I love you anymore. So I sent him to the other bedroom. And then then he said he did love me. He decided he did. And then the second oh. time he said, I said, get out. And I packed his things for him. I packed his stuff. I love that you've got such high, high boundaries. Have you always had those? Because, and you know, that's something that's not everybody has. So people will be listening, thinking, I want to be a bit more like that. How how do we get to have those kind of boundaries? Well, it's unfortunate that I do, actually. Sometimes I wish that I'd be slightly more tolerant. Um, but it's just that I know that if somebody behaves like a certain way, like there was one guy who I really, really liked. He was so lovely. He's just a perfect look, all of it. He was into the things I was into. Um, but um, he, he did the thing where somebody says, oh, call me. So you do what they ask because you've been spending time with them and, you know, or you've been hanging out. You do what they ask. Then you call them. Then they don't answer. Then they don't respond for a couple of days. Then they come back to you to say, I'm oh, sorry, sorry, babe, I was doing this, that and the other. So I just messaged back saying, well, clearly I'm not the woman that you're going to respect. I, I, I said, this, it seems a bit odd to me that you'll call somebody and then then ask them to call you and then ignore them. I said, I'm, I've seen enough. I don't fancy any more of this. Um, I'm sure you'll be respectful to the woman that you want to be respectful to that you fall in love with, but it's clearly not me. Um, so thank you so much and enjoy yourself. And it was lovely to meet you. Mm. And and because I know that that's the beginning of a bad behaviour pattern that I'm just not prepared to tolerate. And anyway, we all know that if you really, really, really like someone and then they're going to call you and you're going to call each other, that is like a literally a thing in your diary. You look forward to that. You, you're even fighting yeah. to not pick it up on the first ring. You're not <laughs> you're going, I can't pick it up on the first one. Second one, second one. Okay, the third one, third one. <laughs> and then it's like, then it becomes, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's not this bullshit about oh, well, you know, I did this, I did that. I went to see so-and-so and so-and-so. So basically they're more important than me. And of course, after that, that person's like, where, where are you? <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and I will meet up with that person again, but it's unlikely that that will evolve into anything because I'm, I'm concerned about that behaviour pattern at the start of meeting someone. No, I absolutely agree. And I think it's, uh, Maya Angelou said, believe people when they show you who they are, believe yeah. Yeah. yeah because people do don't they if, they don't, if they're not going to pull you when they say if they're not going to treat you in the way that you want to be respected that's that's best foot forward at the beginning if that's what they're showing up with then exactly. there's not much hope 
So it's very sad when you have to do that. And it's quite sad because I really did like that person, but I'm not prepared to tolerate it. I just can't do it. I can't do it. I just cannot do it. I can't do it. I just, I just can't do it. Hi, it's Sarah Davison here, the Divorce Coach. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. I just wanted to let you know about a free gift I've got for you, which I know will help you if you're struggling with your breakup or divorce right now. I'd like to offer you a free week's membership of my Heartbreak to Happiness online support group sessions with unlimited access to any of the groups during this time. So what are they? Well, these are friendly and confidential online support groups run by my accredited coaches. I've designed them to ensure that you know you're not alone and there is help and support out there to help you cope better. One delegate, Jane, said after her first session, I can't believe how much better I feel in just one hour. Another delegate, Wendy, said, My friends and family are so fed up of hearing me talk about this, and now I finally feel like I've found my tribe. I've designed these sessions so you'll meet other people going through similar situations, and you'll be able to share your story in a safe space. My specialist coaches are all trained personally by me and are there to offer support and help to enable you to dial down those negative emotions and let go of your ex. So I wanted to make a special offer to all my podcast listeners, which is a three weeks access to this unique support. It means that you will have access to as many support sessions as you would like to attend in a week. And we've got lots of days and different times to choose from. This is a great way to start to take your power back and help you feel more empowered. Remember, as I always say, it's not what happens to you that defines you, it's what you do about it that makes you the person you are. So sign up now at www.saradavison.com forward slash support group. That's saradavison.com forward slash support group to claim your free gift and to move from your heartbreak to happiness. I love that. I think that tolerance will protect a lot of people if we can adopt that approach. And I I think listening to your gut instinct there is really strong. And I think a lot of people can learn from that, Nana, because a lot of us don't do that. We sort of go, oh, but I can change him. I can, you know, after a few days, he gets to know me, he'll change. Do you not think that's possible? It's better to get something that actually fits rather than having to change it when you get it. I mean, it's just like going shopping, isn't it? You don't buy a dress that doesn't fit and then go, well, I can adjust that and I can do that and do that and then it'll look great. You go, <laughs> no, I'm not having that. It doesn't fit me. I'm looking for one that looks a bit better. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, so it's like that. I love your practical advice. So what are your top tips then for sort of sniffing out these people that maybe aren't the right people for you? Just listen, listen to what they say. And if you're in the situation where you're, you know, you're having your first date and they don't even ask you anything about yourself. Oh, yeah. Then I think that's, uh, you know, and if you come away from the, the thing thinking, oh, remember them asking me any questions. <laughs> that's always uh, a massive red flag, isn't it? Then, then that is a big red flag. That is a very big red, red flag, really. Yeah. No, 
I absolutely, absolutely agree with you. And I think we've got to get better at, at figuring these things out. Now, you're a single mum. You have two kids. How do you find being a single mum? I know a lot of people come to me at the beginning of a breakup and say, I don't know mm. if I'm going to be able to cope. For me, I absolutely love being a single parent. My son's 14. It's the best thing in the world. What do you think about being a single mum? I love it. I love it that there's not somebody to challenge my decisions when I say what was happening. Because when I say what's going goes, I love the fact that I, I, I love the fact that it's just me and, I, and my kids. When I take them out, we do stuff together. Like my daughter, she's 14. We're going to go swimming and sauna and things like that because she's at that age now. So we're joint. I got a diamond gym membership at one of the local David Lloyd. So we're going to go there. We're going to go for a swim and the steam. And my son's going off for the um, goes off with his dad on the on the Easter bank holidays. Big weekends. He goes off for long periods, even though it's not his dad's turn to take him. But his dad's family obviously adore him because he's beautiful. And so I get to spend time with my daughter, just me and my daughter. And every other weekend, my kids go to their dads anyway. They're different dads. And that is like a break, even though I work on the weekend, so I don't actually get a day off. Um, that's like a break because, you know, they've gone to their dads. And I, 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 what I like about it is that if you were in a relationship with someone, you would never get that free weekend. And actually, in August, I get three weeks without either of them. So a full three weeks. And again, in a relationship, if you're with that person, you never get a full clear three weeks. So I know they're in the best place they could possibly be with their dads. Their dads and dads and their families love them to pieces, so they are safe. Um, and I would advise people, if you are single, if you can get a good relationship with the father of the child, that even if you are so angry that you can't stand what he did to you, uh, I would advise that because then uh, don't do the thing where you're going to go, oh, well, you're not going to see him and all that because it's more work for you. It's just more work for you. <laughs> yeah and also it's obviously as you said it's best in the best interest of the kids to have a good relationship if well, it's course, safe yeah. to do so obviously so yeah I mean yeah. And, and I think a lot of people are scared of that time on their own though Nana you, you're comfortable in your own skin I know and yeah. and yeah I mean <laughs> I love it what do you do in those three weeks because a lot of people listening they'll be going oh my oh. god three weeks I can't cope with three days oh three weeks I I go to the gym. I sometimes don't get up early because I don't have to take anyone to school. I meet up with my friends. I have a party, a couple of parties in my house. I have friends coming over. I go off somewhere if I've got time, if I can go abroad or do something. Or I like the other ones, I just stayed at home, but on my own and enjoyed it. I've got a friend because I'm an introvert. People would think, oh, because you're out on TV, you're an extrovert. No, no, no. An introvert is somebody who likes their own company, can be on their own. I've got a friend who's probably quieter on the outside, but she cannot be on her own. She's like, oh, oh no, I'm going to go this year, this friend and that friend. I'm going to go out here and that. And I'm like, why don't you just sit and be and just relax and find peace in yourself? And she just gets jittery. She cannot spend time. And that is an extrovert, which I am not. Um, and I, 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 I really enjoy my own company. I love my own space. I, I type, I read, I write, I do things. No, I just have a nice time. I love it. I don't understand why people wouldn't want to be on their own. Yeah, I think a lot of people just are, like you say, like your friend, just find yeah. it uncomfortable and they just don't know how to how to be. And I think it, for some people it is just getting used to that. And some people say, like, I didn't sign up not to see my kids every day. Mm. That, you know, especially if someone's left you and then you're forced into that scenario where, right, I can't put, 
take my kids to school, put them to bed tonight because they're not with me. Mm. Um, so I think that could be quite painful for a lot of people. But I think your approach to being comfortable in your own skin, just naturally, it seems, is, is, a, is a fantastic strength to have. I don't think many people have that these days. So I think you're, you're lucky with that. But obviously, you know, you've got a lot, of, a lot going on in your life. Do you think that helps that you're always doing something where you've got things to do you've got your fitness well, as well, well that you do well I made it happen I made it happen because my son who was born at uh, 28 weeks and three days so he was three months early and wow. I almost died I had eclampsia so I had um I had um liver kidney failure and all that thing but because I'm super fit I used to do a lot of fitness they said that because I had him at 46 they said the only reason you survived was because you're really fit they said that, that I had to have blood transfusions and my organs were all mm-hmm. shutting down and they said that everything switched on very quickly as soon as we gave you more blood you were fine so um there's a lesson in that but 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 the bottom line for that was that I left my first um daughter my first child's dad when my daughter was six months and I pretty much did the same with the second one as well uh because not not because it was some sort of pattern but because they weren't behaving in the way I wanted them to behave I didn't feel I was getting the support that I wanted to have um, so it didn't feel right and it, it, the relationships weren't going well I mean I'm friends with them both now I don't see any reason why we should have any any animosity and they've got on with their lives and I'm getting on with mine so you know good luck to them all I I, I care for them because they are the dads of my my children uh, but my son really at that point when I almost died I did die um, and then they sort of brought me back and everything and I can remember that moment and thinking right that's it I'm not waiting now I'm going to get what I want and at that moment, I decided I knew that I was not going to carry on with the person that I was with at the time. And I literally set up my plan as to how I was going to work it. And I did. I did exactly that. I mean, it wasn't working anyway. It was quite clear that it would have ended. So it wasn't really I wouldn't it wouldn't have been news to him. Um, but I started writing to because obviously I, I wasn't working in the field of TV at that point because I had given up a bit of that to do my fitness business. And I just started writing to people. I wrote to the producers at uh, BBC Look East. I was doing a radio show at BBC Three Counties and I eventually managed to get a sort of three months secondment at BBC News, Look East. And that sort of, I kind of did more with them. And then I pitched some radio shows to my bosses to get four or five nights a week, which then I got. And I just kept going. That was like eight years ago. I mean, obviously I've been in TV for like in radio for 30 years, but in there was like a, sort of slower period of about 10 years in the middle where I didn't do as much as so I was bringing up my kids and things and the first sort of part of my life from about 20, 24, 20, 21 literally to 35 I was working in TV and radio 37-ish and there was a break um, for a bit but yeah it was interesting that I it was my son that made me decide so these last sort of eight nine years I've accelerated and decided I'm going to get that. I'm going to get whatever I want. And just to demonstrate to my children that you can do it, just just to show that if you put your mind to something, you can have it. And you don't have to rely on a man as much as I would love a man to be in my life or whatever. Or I don't I don't, I don't know whether I'm gay or straight, to be honest with you. If somebody was really nice, I think I'd probably take him. I wouldn't be that that fast, but I don't know. Um, but the bottom line is that I just decided to work for myself and make myself successful and get what I want. And then whatever it is, come along. So that's I love that. I focused on me. I mean, you have such a strength, and that just shines through, you know, in person as well on camera. If anyone's watching this on YouTube, you better see that. But 
you know, that strength for your kids. I think a lot of single mums feel that they failed their kids in some way, that they haven't got this happy family to bring them up in, which somehow puts their kids at a disadvantage. I strongly believe that you can you know, be a very strong role model as a single mum, just like you have, and lead by example. So I think it's really interesting that you you had you had that defining moment, which must have been horrendous at that point. But that sometimes adversity can be your biggest strength, can't it? Yeah, yeah, it, it was, but it wasn't. I mean, like to be honest with you, it was not. I was like, I remember thinking, actually, there's nothing there. It literally, you know, at that moment, it, it was like an edge that I kind of stopped at, and there was blackness. And I remember thinking, oh, that's odd. And then there was a moment, and then I was back in the room. Wow. But that was really odd. It was just just something that I remembered and th- thought, mm, there's nothing there. I better get what I can now. And yeah. also it can be over so quickly at any point. So I'm not yeah. going to sit around now thinking, oh, I've got a couple of years. I'll do this and do that. And I just decided not to tolerate any bullshit from any man ever. So <laughs> and one of my very good friends, she's got a fantastic partner. And I said, how? How? And she went, well, as soon as they did one thing wrong when I was dating them, I just got rid of them. And I thought to myself, yeah. Good advice. Next time. Yeah, it's good advice. And so I listened. I listened to myself. I listen to myself now. And um, even though I don't want to on some occasions. I love it. I think you've got an amazing strength. So what does dating look like for you now? Are you on dating apps? Do you get friends? Or what, what does that look like? You can't go on dating apps as soon as, as, soon as you, you have a, a profile that's slightly raised. Then the problem with dating apps is everyone can Google you or find this about you and that about you. So the mystery of you is just online. And um that and and you know, some of the things that you might be saying, you might change your mind years later. Like I can remember I did a thing on the Jeremy Vine show and it was about the COVID, um, you know, COVID. And I remember saying, Yeah, and ten thousand pound fine, and yeah, I'm behind it hundred percent. That is because. I have an autoimmune condition and we didn't know much about the virus itself. And actually a lot of people who had my condition were dying from it. Wow. So to me, um, you know, to me and to people who lost people, that was a serious thing. But of course, COVID changed. It got weaker um, and we got the vaccine. A lot of people caught it and didn't die. And then it, it wasn't what it was before. It's a completely different virus to the one that it started out with. But like these clips of me saying these things get played and then it's like, never forget these people. And I look and I go, oh, my God, you know, look, that's the problem with social media, that we evolve and we change and we learn and things evolve. And it's always things taken out of context. So that's the thing. And because it's out there, you never know what you're going to get if you go on these dating apps. You might actually find a, a crazy who hated you for something that you said. It is just a girl wants to kill you. So, no, I, I don't do that sort of thing. Um, I just I go out and I meet people and I and I meet quite a lot of really nice men, really, really nice people. Yeah. I love that. And I see you on your feeds on Instagram. You obviously get a lot of nice comments from a, a lot of viewers as well. So I think maybe that's a great way if you want to, you know, slide in someone's DMs, maybe for, for someone that's well known like you, I guess that helps as well, having that profile. Yeah, I I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just prefer the traditional ways of meeting people. I think it's just so much better to see someone, to see who they are, because who you project and what you project on social media is never the real thing. It's not true. And what you put out on TV, whilst I am very true to who I am, there, yeah. you know, I, I don't really think I change much on TV, if I'm honest. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I would know how to. Um, but again, the inner me, you would never see that on TV or anything. You'd never yeah. get that. So you know, the only way you get to know someone is by being in their company and in their space. Absolutely. 
Well, I mean, you've got some great advice. I know that this will really have resonated with a lot of my listeners. I have one final question for you that I ask all my guests. Um, the podcast is called Heartbreak to Happiness. And I think it's really important to know what happiness is for you. So even when you are going through a breakup or a tough time, you can tap into that along the way. So what is happiness for you, Nana? Happiness for me is peace. 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 Calm. Just peace. I love that. I love that. <laughs> well, hopefully you'll have some this bank holiday uh, and I hope you enjoy your weekend. And thank you so much for giving us your time today. Thanks for sharing your advice and for being such a fabulous guest. Can I just say one other thing? Yes, you can. Don't forget to catch me on GB News. <laughs> every yes. weekend. And also we can catch you on Nana Akira TV, can't we? TV actually, just TV, no dots on Instagram. So follow me there. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's it for today's episode. Do watch out for Nana's show on GB News and head on over to Instagram, Nana Akoya TV, so you can follow all her videos and look at her fashion and her one minute workouts, which I absolutely love too. And I look forward to you joining me on my next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to Sarah's virtual Heartbreak to Happiness retreat. This is a transformative combination of live webinars with Sarah herself, coupled with her empowering online video program designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. Thank you and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness.